0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, it is a Friday, uh, which means uh, we tend to explore uh, the hard economics, uh, you know, topics, news, and that type of thing. And for today, we are going to be talking um, around the world of investments, and uh, particularly ETFs. Those are your exchange-traded funds. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, that as an investment classes um, to our understanding 30 years uh, that this instrument has been available and we're going to be talking to uh, the biggest player, you know, in that space locally uh, that is Satrix and joining us to unpack, we are joined by Fiki Lembo-Kota is the CEO of Satrix. She is no stranger, um, you know, to the platform. She was here with us uh, in early August, um, you know, so, uh, you know, we are definitely happy to have her back again. Figile, greetings to you today.
1: Greetings to you, Mudiwa Kabaza. <laughs> and good morning, good day, good evening to your listeners. I, I think I I did, I hit the pronunciation right, right?
0: <laughs> no, 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 you did. You did. Good. You did. No, no, yeah. no, no. And yeah. uh, then, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Um, I think A good place for us to start is, um, you know, anyone who's in the world of investments knows Satrix. Um, You guys have a lot of uh, listed instruments um, that are out there, biggest provider when it comes to index tracking. We're going to ask what that actually means just now. Uh, But I thought we could kick off today's discussion, maybe getting your thoughts around ETFs as an investment class and vehicle. And the reason we're asking is because uh, last week, um, our discussion on Friday um, was around fixed income. And we were discussing, you know, how is fixed income performing um, as uh, as an investment class? And I think uh, the week before that, we must have been talking about property. So we are, you know, sort of in that realm where we are, you know, discussing, you know, the different investment vehicles out there and investment classes and, you know, what – the current economy calls for. You know, so keen to get your thoughts just around, I guess, let's call it the state of ETFs um, in South Africa in 2023 before we look back at the 30-year history.
1: Okay. So basically an ETF is a basket of securities that change that trade on a securities exchange, um, like a stock, and really allowing investors a wide access and array to different exposures at minimal cost. So with an ETF, you can get exposure to bonds. You can get exposure to property as an asset class. You can get exposure to um, equities, and this is all through um, an index. So that's basically what an ETF is. Um, The nice thing about ETFs is that they're accessible, so you can access them on any stock exchange. Um, they provide a low cost mechanism for you to enter into the market. They are li- uh, very much liquid, so you can buy and sell, um, at your own peril. Yep. They're diverse <laughs> in that you can access them in different asset classes mm. and they're transparent. So, um, that's, that's what's great about, um, ETFs where ETFs are sitting at the moment, um, sitting at around 10 trillion um USD. Wow. Um, which is quite quite phenomenal, right? Um, from from zero um 30 years ago. So they've grown quite a lot. And you've we've seen the movement uh from active management to passive management due to the um the 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 advantages that I listed um around ETFs. Um South Africa, we're sitting at around um 129 billion um, asset size and Cetrix forms is, is, is forming around 35% of that and is the largest ETF provider in South Africa, if not in Africa
0: that's actually quite incredible you know just looking at how big um the market is um and when you then translate it um to the numbers that you've just given the trillions of dollars 10 trillion dollars that is you know quite a massive amount of money and i'm just thinking at the current exchange that's roughly
1: 200
0: trillion you know rand or something if someone could wrap their head around yeah, how big yeah, of a number
1: plus. Um, Tr- trillion. It's quite yeah. phenomenal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's quite phenomenal as uh, what you call this uh, from that point of view. Now, one of the things I've always been curious about is the fact that because your ETFs are tracking different markets, like what you said. Um, You can have ETFs that are, you know, tracking bonds. You can have ETFs that have a basket of, you know, property, either, you know, stocks or whatever. Or you can just have, you know, the standard equity-based, you know, types of ETFs. Um, How do you advise that people think about ETFs, right? Should we be thinking of ETFs as an asset class on their own, or do you think of ETFs as part of a specific industry? So, if property is down, then it makes sense that your property ETF is also going to be down. Or, you know, how should we be thinking around, uh, you know, those things?
1: I think we should be thinking about them as a vehicle, really, to mm. access um, the market—a vehicle that is slightly different from unit trusts um from, for example, a segregated um structure. I think that's how you should be thinking about them because through them and also through other vehicles, you can then access the different asset classes that you want to access. Also, I think you can be thinking about them as, when we look at the argument between passive and active, um so these are indexation um 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 uh, management um uh, vehicles these vehicles provide you access to indexation management where you track different asset classes so you don't have to make a call on naspers for example or any other asset class um uh, you can you can invest into a basket um of shares and i think that also helps with diversification right so that you uh, can focus on your daily job while you invest into a basket of of, um, 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 shares.
0: Mm. It is a very interesting, you know, space to be in. And one of the things that uh, I was thinking about earlier on, you know, especially when I knew that I was going to speak to you, was uh, just reflecting on our last conversation. And in our last conversation, you spoke quite a bit about – I guess, making investments more accessible to people, right? So maybe you could talk to us around, I guess, um, Citrix has been in the game for, I think, 23 years from my understanding. Uh, Maybe you could talk to us about the evolution, you know, when it comes to who's actually investing in these things and what it has done for I guess, accessibility, has it achieved, mm-hmm. you know, the accessibility goal, you know, to say that we want to make um, those things, uh, we want to make investments more accessible. And how do you, um, I guess, track that? Like, what do you use to say, okay, cool, we are actually helping to make investments more accessible to people, you know, over, over time? Mm. So, so t-
1: um, the first ETF, uh, was launched by Cetrix back in 20 years ago. Actually, we're celebrating, no, more than 20 years ago, um, 23 years ago. Um, so we're celebrating 23 years um, this year. And in 2015, we launched what um, uh, um, our platform called the Cetrix Now, where actually you can invest as little as 10 Rand or even 5 Rand to buy a basket of shares. And I think that was quite a big disruptor. So launching in the first ETF was a disruptor. But in 2015, when we launched the no minimums platform, that was another um, huge um, disruptor. And I think it gave us access to the retail market. And uh, you actually can buy shares um, or an ETF Um um at no minimum or at around um 10 rands or 1 rand if you, if you wish and this is through a, a method called called fractional fractionalization and i think we that um that really broke um the industry and disrupted the market and i think since then our our aum on the retail side has grown quite a lot so if i look at our um different um um, allocation to different um, um clients. So 55 percent is institutional clients, 38% is intermediaries, and I think then the difference, which is around 7%, is through uh, is to um direct clients. So that is growing quite a lot. Um, Citrix Now platform has grown phenomenally since um 20, 2015 and continues to grow. Um I think we found that. Even through difficult times um, like now, where you have high interest rates, where um inflation is high, well, it's now um coming down. But uh we found that our clients continued to um to to have uh with their debit orders, they didn't stop, even though they did withdraw um, you know, due to um needs that they needed to meet but the debit order still continues. So that means we're doing something right, and we want to continue to um, attract more investors. We want to continue to democratize um, investing in South Africa, if not in Africa.
0: Yeah, certainly. You know, when you say 7%, that sounds like a small number. But when I think about it within the context of... uh, the over 100 billion rand number that you gave earlier on about, um, you know, how big ETFs are in South Africa and then I then extrapolate to your 35% and then I, you know, do, you know, and I'm sitting and I'm saying, okay, cool. So I guess on the retail side, half a billion to a billion, you know, somewhere there, you know.
1: (laughs) On the retail (laughs) side. So for example, um, we manage. Around 190 billion of yeah. um, in, uh, passive assets, hmm. and I think around 45 billion of that is ETFs. Um, but our direct clients would form part of the um, when we calculate the seven percent. It will be from the 190 billion. Ah, okay. So okay. At, at about 13 uh, billion or so. So okay. That's, that's a lot.
0: No, no, that's a huge number. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and yeah. And I'm grateful that you gave us that clarity because obviously, um, I was using the other number, you know, that you yeah. gave us, you know, to yeah. make that calculation. Yeah. So thirteen billion. Yeah, so billion, you were
1: using the ETF number. <laughs> yes, I was using the ETF
0: number. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thirteen billion, that's that's huge, especially if you're thinking about from the fact that we're talking about literally ordinary people. That are making a decision on a daily basis um, to to actually be investing and to take control um of their what do you call this, of their um f- I guess their financial well being and their own yeah. uh, you know wealth creation over time.
1: Yes, you're talking about um clients who have made the conscious decision to um track um the market um at a low cost and to get access to the market. Um, at a low cost, um, clients who are invested in the long term, uh, we find that our clients don't, um, necessarily disinvest their assets. If they do, it, it's only a part and to take care of, um, their financial needs, but they continue to invest, um, over the long term. And I think that's what passive investing or indexation is about, right? You make the right asset allocation calls and you don't worry about um, actively investing in this share or that share. And yeah, you, co- you will um, continue to create wealth. Uh, you know, we, last time we spoke about um, compounding interest and what that can do um, over the long term to your wealth. So, mm-hmm. And I think most of the clients have seen, have seen that, Um, on their assets, especially the ones who've been with us for um, a long time.
0: And can I confirm, I guess I'm going to make an assumption and you can tell me whether my assumption is, uh, you know, right or wrong. Um, You mentioned different types of ETFs. Would I be correct in saying that at the moment, whether it's the institutional guys or your direct clients, that uh, equities is where I guess the, the bulk or the majority of the action is happening?
1: Yes, um, so equities is the as the bulk is where the bulk is happening. I, I'm sure you know our um, top forty ETF mm. uh, that's been around that's won various awards. Um, local equities, and we've seen a huge increase towards um, offshore equities as well. Um, you know, to put that into context, when I look at the numbers, in two, 2018 we had about what 3.5 billion offshore or um, um etfs and that has grown to uh, almost 25 billion uh, in in 2023 so less than 10 years but it's grown about what four times more than four times
0: mm. and i guess that that growth is literally a signal from the market where people are demanding that exposure um, you know, from some of those, uh, you know, offshore what you call this, uh, some of those offshore
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and also the other one, you know, is to say you mentioned earlier on about the size of Citrix, obviously, in the local market, big, but continent wise, where do you guys play on that front?
1: We, we're pretty small. I mean, BlackRock is the largest, um, ETF uh, uh, provider, mm. um followed by um Akant Amundi um mm. which is based which is based in in Europe but we are at the bottom you know our AUM is still pretty small especially because it's in France mm. but we do want to grow um in Africa we are launching a few ETFs we want to launch a few ETFs in some of the very interesting um markets in Africa that we think are ripe for um ETFs
0: so mm. watch the space. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We'll definitely uh, what you call this. We'll definitely uh, watch the space. And the fact that you do have the likes of BlackRock um, having such a big presence on the continent, I guess that's an indication of the fact that there is a market and that uh, people would be interested in uh, what you call this. In are in interested investing in that space. But you mm. know, if we can give people. I guess, the local um, options, um, you know, on that front, yeah, there is an opportunity that's there.
1: Definitely. And I think also from a growth perspective, I mean, our relationship with BlackRock has helped us quite um, a lot in terms of flows where some of our ETFs, the underlying uh, provider is BlackRock. And with with that, I mean, you're able not to only get plain vanilla um, um, access to plain vanilla or tracking of plain vanilla indices, but you can get thematic um, indices like um, smart city and infrastructure um, and, and healthcare uh, ETFs that focus on healthcare and innovation, et cetera, et cetera. So you can get access to those themes as well.
0: I'm going to ask you something which I know you are biased towards, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. Whenever we talk to fund managers, one of the big questions that we always ask is obviously there's the tension and you brought up this tension already a couple of times today and that's your passive versus your active. Obviously, you are biased because you guys are, you know, helping people when it comes to the passive side. But I guess, you know, your views just around when it's appropriate um, to take on a passive instrument versus mm-hmm. actually sitting there and doing the research and saying that, okay, fine, I'm going to call up a broker, I'm going to, you know, put some money into whatever it is.
1: I think that you can, believe it or not, you can do both if you want. So yeah. I think if you want to enter into the market, you still new, you don't understand the different markets. Obviously um, it's easier to enter into the uh, indexation space, the passive space where you invest into an index. Um, and then I think when you continue to do your research on different stocks, then you can um, invest in, in shares along with an ETF. So I think portfolio construction would be more very important there, where you can have your um indexation or passive portfolio as your core and then you can um have satellite um uh, investments in terms of um shares that you have a strong conviction um towards so you can do both
0: I'm glad to hear that you know you, you are an ad- <laughs> you know on that front that a person can uh, what you call this can do both and when a person is you know thinking about their portfolio um I guess one of the things that we can draw insight from you from because you're probably talking to a bunch of people um across the board and you are hearing the I guess the concerns that people are having um, in this economy, and I think you made you made a comment earlier on about the fact that people have stayed invested, um, you know, on the ETFs. But from the engagements you're having with you with your clients or you know the people that are invested with you guys, um, what are, what are people thinking about right now? Like, where is the economy? Where are people's minds? How are people thinking about? Um, I guess what are they concerned about when they're thinking about where to put their money?
1: Sure. Yeah, that's a very interesting um question. I guess the 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 important thing um that um we don't experience that quite a lot and I think the main reason would be um diversification. Mm. So I think, you know, our clients um, are well diversified because we have a wide array of asset classes that um, they can invest in. And I think also if you look at um, our balanced um, 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 index uh, product, um, you know, you've got um, access to local, offshore equities, bonds, properties. So um, diversification is not necessarily an issue. Also, when I look at costs, I mean, we provide the lowest costs. Um, We are quite transparent. Um, I think the biggest thing is perhaps on the retail front affordability. And when I also look at our offshore clients, the biggest concern, some of them don't, I mean, our institutional clients, when I look at our institutional clients, their concern there is. Perhaps you know, adding they don't really want a vanilla MSCI product. Um, they would like something that can provide a little kicker, you know, or a little bit of alpha on top of the 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 the, the indexation return, um, which is quite interesting, um, right? And uh, you know, something that we're constantly looking at uh, because obviously we we want to make sure that we provide solutions to our clients.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a lot to unpack there, um, especially when you think about, I guess, how different the landscape is now, you know, compared to what it was, you know, back in the day. Um, And I think that also brings up um, a curiosity, you know, that others might also have is to say, where do you guys see the growth? Because whatever solutions you come up with, the products that you come up with, um, whether it's the vanilla ones or the ones that, you know, add a little bit of a kicker to mm-hmm. use your what you call this, to use your term. Um, you're probably looking at, you know, trends in the market. Um, I previously had a discussion with one of your um, with one of your colleagues when Catrix launched an ESG fund, for example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time um, you know, Cetrics was signaling to say that, you know what? This is where we see the world going. A lot more investors are demanding, you know, an aspect of ESG in their portfolio, well-managed, well-run um, uh, stocks and yeah, stocks uh, around environmental, social and governance issues. Uh, but outside of that, you know, well, what are you seeing? Like uh, when you're thinking about the products, like where's the demand or where do you think you could possibly, you know, find a little bit of growth?
1: Mm. That's a very good question. So obviously, um, you mentioned sustainability, um, offshore markets. Uh, we've seen a lot of growth there. There's been a lot of demand and there's been an increase. Um, and uh, I think I mentioned the numbers, um, specifically on the ETF side. We're also seeing, uh, on the institutional, um, side, um, clients wanting a little bit of, um, a kicker. Above, um, above, the <clears throat> above the normal indexation return. Factor investing, um, also um, quite important um, to um, institutional um, clients um, as well. What's so factor think,
0: investing for a person that doesn't understand?
1: So it's basically style investing where you track different styles, um, such as quality, where you focus more on the balance sheet, um and other um, um um styles that you track we've got um four yeah four um quite uh, four um factors that we track and then you combine that portfolio to form a four factor portfolio
0: all right, cool. So we have come to the end of the discussion and uh, it's uh, really been uh, a fascinating one. I think for me, the biggest takeaway is just how big the market is. I've always known, you know, the fact that uh, um, I guess the world of passive investments is huge, especially when you think about, um, you know, those uh, players like your BlackRock. But I guess putting it into context around how big the whole market is the trillions that you're talking about just now yeah yeah it's it's actually quite something so i think where we can end off is to say given the market at the moment you know looking at uh the space in south africa is the space in south africa a a space in which Mudiwa could come in and launch, you know, uh, and, you know, claim some space in the market or is this a space where you can say that whatever players are there is more or less, I guess, set um, in there because I know people are constantly thinking about is this a market that we get into or do we just let those that are established, um, you know, continue to do what they do and maybe we perhaps partner with them, um, you know. So if Mudiwa's wanting to become a fund manager, you know, does does he have uh is there space in the market? That's basically yeah. what Mudiwa is asking.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question, Mudiwa, because yes, there is a demand for passive investments. I mean for the first time globally and um in 2022, um passive flows uh, and investments surpassed um um um, active, uh, for the first time. So the AUM of equity index funds surpassed that of, 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 um, of active funds for the first time in the US, though. And we know that, you know, South Africa tends to follow suit, right? So there is that demand and there is that movement, um, over the long term. But I think what you find with, uh, passive investments or index, um, indexation is that from a fee perspective, that can be very low. And so Modiwa, you would have to um earn some when you do set up that passive uh, investment management business, you I would need have billions. To pay, Yeah, pay your <laughs> fixed uh, fixed in cost and variable um, fic, um variable costs, right? And obviously that hits the the the, the bottom line. And so size is important. Uh, uh, so i think it's it is possible there is appetite for new entrants, but um size is very important um when you manage these kinds of um, um, mandates. <sighs>
0: All right, so that's where we end off. It has been a really great discussion. Uh, you know, that last point, you know, being a very interesting one to say that um, there is demand, but because um, of the low cost nature um, of the ETFs, uh, anyone coming into the game would have to have the balance sheet that's able to absorb, um, you know, what those low costs mean, because it means you have to have, um, you know, quite a high number on the asset under management, uh, yeah. you know now for you to be making, you know, a decent enough margin, uh, to keep the lights on, you know, in your business. Um, uh, so it has been, you know, quite fascinating from that point of view. And also just that number coming out from the U.S. to say that, uh, passive, um, investments, you know, where you are allowing, you know, others to take care of, um, you know, what actually goes into a portfolio that has surpassed active investments where people actually sit down and make their own, uh, capital allocation decisions, that's in the US, uh, which is probably the biggest investment market in the world. And a lot of other markets tend to take the lead from them. So it gives us an indication of, um, you know, where the market is going to be going. A couple of headline numbers uh, that we heard um, earlier on is simply to say uh, that uh, the ETF market 10 trillion dollars I cannot stress that enough it is a huge number and then in South Africa you're looking at 135 you know being um you know the the size of the ETF market but I think the 190 being the assets under management that satrix uh, you know satrix had so it's been uh, huge numbers that we've been discussing for today uh and all of it I guess um, in the spirit of trying to bring down costs um, you know so that we can make you investments, um, you know, quite accessible, you know, for the ordinary uh, South African, um, you know, and actually encourage people to uh, take a little bit more ownership in, in their investment decisions. South Africa has uh, the infamy of uh, of being a country of spenders as opposed to savers, and that affects the investment rate as well. So, you know, really great to see things from that point of view. $13 yeah, um, you know, being the number that Cetrix has um, in terms of uh, individuals that are on its platform and, you know, coming in um, and saying that we want to invest in ETFs uh, directly. It's a smallish number because it's only 7% of their entire base. But, you know, we're talking huge numbers here. So it is a big one. So as always, Fikile, thank you so much that we were talking to uh, Fikile Mbokota, who is the CEO of Cetrix for today. Fikile, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you, Madua. Always lovely to catch up.
0: And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter with hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on IONO.FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts pocket costs or wherever you choose to get your pods costed thank you to our amazing team i've been Mudiwa gavaza of the business day and financial mail and this has been another edition of the business day spotlight which is a multimedia live production so for myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning